may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Beebidi-boo, doot-doodle-doo, dee-ba-da-pow. Are we ready? Yes. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Education Noir. Ellie and I are here at the Heights Theater in beautiful Columbia Heights, Minnesota. I hope you are enjoying the organ as much as I am, because I'm pretty thrilled right now. It's pretty fantastic. There is a guy playing Wolitzer organ right here in front of us. So we are here to watch the movie Where the Sidewalk Ends. So, Ellie, what can you tell me about Where the Sidewalk Ends? It presumably will tell me where the pavement is ending. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Excellent. We also have Fess here. Say hi, Fess. I'm Fess. Hey. This you... is like a children's book, right? Oh, no, it's not. That's where the sidewalk ends. Well, there is a children's book by Shel Silverstein Called with the... that title. Yeah. This is not that. It's not that? No, We're not going to see a cameo from The Giving Tree? No, you're not going to see a cameo <laughs> from The Giving Tree. So, uh, dear listeners, uh, this is a movie from 1950 starring Dana Andrews and Gene Tierney. Um, we are a fan of Gene Tierney here on Hell the yes, Real are. Education podcast. So, uh, what we're going to do is watch this movie and enjoy it, and we hope you do too. And we will be back right after this break and uh, talk about the movie that we yeah. just saw. Yeah. All right. Woo. It's really not based off of the children's book? Seriously, it's not. Okay. All right. See you soon, listeners. So we are back from the Heights Theater. What did you guys think? That was cool. It noired like a noiry thing. It's so it noired <laughs> very hard. It was Fest. nothing like the book. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I will agree with that. <laughs> oh shit! I'm already dead. <laughs> and see. Oh wow! Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for that one. <laughs> Love you, honey. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was interesting. Okay. Just sort of, you know, just, uh, I don't know if it's hubris or whatever, the main character. It really came together towards the end because you're like, oh, man, this guy is like, okay, I can kind of see that. And then just the whole the whole character development was really good. Yeah, I like Dana Andrews' yeah. character development. It was really interesting. I, I've seen the movie before. I like it a lot. I have some beefs with some things, you know, like particularly the end. But I like Dana Andrews <laughs> which, in this movie Which so was much. hazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so oh, haze. God. That was, you couldn't see through all the haze. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. So your thoughts, Allie? I, okay, so... For one thing, Dana Andrews has an excellent face. Like, just... Yeah. The, and I don't mean, uh, yeah, he's handsome. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, he's just... He, so much happens on his face mm-hmm. in those quiet shots where it's not doing anything else. And if you're not paying attention, you know, if I were if I were watching this at home, I would be like, why is it so quiet? And then I would be like, oh, because we are watching Dana Andrews' face. <laughs> and it's good. And this is a perfect thing that you should be watching and focusing on. But, you know, having seen it in the theater, I was, of course, watching for those things. He just has such good nuance. Yeah. Is yeah. the word I'm looking for? That's what I'm looking for. 
good nuance. Yeah, he he always plays one of the well, not always, but he often plays at least in the film noir era, he these characters that are not quite the good guy. Yeah. And they're they're nicely dark and complex and he plays them well. Yeah. 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 So to catch our listeners up, dear listeners, we always, as always, recommend that you watch the movie before we start talking about it because we talk about the entire movie and we spoil things mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, you know, by and large, we watch very good movies and this is another very good movie and you should witness it for yourself. Yes. But, you know, in, just in case, we'll give a quick summary of what the plot is. Ellie, did you want to try this one or? Um, I was totally ready and, and, and then you said, Ellie, do you want to try it? And my mind went blank. Boom. Oh my gosh. It's like test anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's a cop. There is a cop. And he, okay. So it starts out with the cop and his partner being late for the briefing as they get a new lieutenant and cop gets pulled into the, to the lieutenant's office by, I'm assuming he's the, uh, he's the inspector. Yeah. Chief inspector, probably. And, um, dresses him down, de- demotes him, and, you know, you gotta stop beating the shit out of people. You're a cop, damn it, basically, mm. is what it amounted to. Bad cop, no donut. Yes. Bad cop, no donut. You will put on a uniform again if you don't knock this shit off. You don't want to wear a uniform again. And he's like, yeah, fine, dad. And, uh, <laughs> my, my explanations of these are gonna be great. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm all for it. Please continue. <laughs> so, he, 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 you know, goes off on his, on his patrol with his partner and they get called into a scene and there's a dead guy. Precursor to that is we see the crap game where said dead guy is found and there is a lovely... Said dead guy is created. Yes, said dead guy is created at this Mm -hmm. crap game. There is this wealthy gentleman from Texas and he has got a beautiful woman at his side and there's Jean Tierney yes oh cheekbones for days dear listeners we're considering renaming this podcast Real Education Jean Jean Tierney Tierney because she just shows up in every other one of these films that we discuss she's beautiful I I like her I like her face too Mm -hmm. um so she she's with this big shot and and blowing on his dice and then she well I'm (laughs) tired I want to go home so, of course, the big shot's going to leave with her. Well, he's up $19,000, and they can't have that. The house cannot have that. So, of course, her, her we find out is her estranged husband is like, you can't leave. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to stay. So he stays. And she's like, no, I got to work in the morning. And he smacks her, and she gets upset and leaves. Well, because he did this in full view of the big shot, he comes at him and swinging, and, and uh, they get into a fight. And we see the big shot get knocked out. Well, then we've come to where I left off before, and we arrive at the crap game, and the dude is dead. It's like, he didn't get punched that hard. Well, the dude got stabbed in the chest, so Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, somebody else did it, because he was winning. Oops. House always wins. So the estranged husband is framed, and... Dana Andrews is on the case! (laughs) So they... they, This was supposed to be a synopsis, though, right? I'm doing it. <laughs> well, you're just narrating the whole... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll let her go for a bit. Okay. We'll, we'll let her go. Okay. Keep going. Keep so, going. Okay, so he tracks down the dude, and they get into a fight, and Dana Andrews, bless him, is trying not to hit this dude. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I I, got demoted. I'm not going to fuck this up. And he fucks it up. Because yeah. he, he gets punched first, and he punches back, and 
oops. <laughs> and suddenly, Guy is dead. Suddenly, Guy is dead. And, and there was a lot of laughing in the theater because they're like, what? How did that happen? Well, we find out the dude had a metal plate in his head and hit his head on the floor and it smashed his skull because that's what happens, I guess. Yep. Freak thing. Dana yeah. Andrews Complete punches a guy accident. into death. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, not punches him to death. Punches him into death. Yeah. Yeah. So Dana Andrews is like, ah, shit. <laughs> and, and what ensues is, I think, some of the most interesting scenes in the movie. Yes. As Dana Andrews is trying to, to deal cover with a body. Up. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, God, I gotta get rid of this. Gotta get rid of this dude. Okay, I'm gonna make it look like he left town, and then I'm gonna go dump the body. Mm-hmm. And he does this in a very elaborate way, and it works out really well, except for the fact that it eventually doesn't work. <laughs> I, I like how when he was like trying to pack the suitcase to make it look like he was leaving town, he puts like two sets of shoes in a briefcase and it's like... And it just throws one out. No, he he's like picks one up, thinks about it and throws it back. Yeah, it's got to look rushed. It's like, ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he puts a lot of thought into it. He, he leaves stuff half out of drawers. Yeah, and- he pulls out his shirt and just... Kind of like sticks it in the crevice on the side. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, have you done this before? <laughs> <laughs> he knows what a scene looks like. So, yeah. mm. but uh, so he, you know, hides, dumps the body, and uh, <laughs> eventually that turns out not to work so well. Because... Back up a bit. Back up a bit. Because when he comes back in between, I thought I wasn't narrating there. anymore. No, right there. I was synopsizing. But the, 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 the <laughs> other great part, his partner yes. gets there mm-hmm. and is like, oh, I just got here. He's like, oh, let me, I'll check this closet. You check the other closet. I, I love Andrews that so much. goes to check the, check the other closet <laughs> with quotes around it because the body is in the closet. He's just like, nope, nothing in here. <laughs> Shuts the door. And his partner's just like, yeah, it sounds legit. And they just, they just roll. But uh, oh, so, yeah. yeah, that was a great, great moment. Uh, so- and, and, and also during the scene where he's trying to get the body out of the apartment, he gets the body out of the apartment, but into the, the hallway, and then somebody's coming in the front door. So he like shoves the body into this corner and behind the a stairway. Yep. And, uh, what turns out to be Gene Tierney's father comes in and knocks on the door goes in, charges into the apartment, and then leaves as Dana Andrews is like, I got a body here. I'm sure hope he doesn't look over in this direction. Yes. <laughs> which, which you know, becomes key later. Yes, I was going to say, yeah. this is the whole reason that everything falls apart. Right. For poor Dana Andrews. So he gets rid of the body, and then the investigation ensues. They eventually find the girl from the crap game, who is Gene Tierney. And uh, he, he, of course falls for Jean Tierney because who wouldn't fall for Jean Tierney? I mean, look at her! Mm-hmm. Come on! Mm-hmm. Jean Tierney's father turns out to be somebody that had once helped our, our intrepid detective in the past, and oh, he's a very likable man, but also realizing, oh, he's the dude that showed up at the apartment. So naturally, once the body is found, the guy had given a statement that he had been at the this dude's place mm-hmm. and that he was going to beat him. And, dude, and wouldn't shut up about yeah, that either. Yeah, no, but... I was going to punch his lights out. Well, that's coincidentally how the dude died. So therefore, you look very good for this. So the the father is is going to jail and Jean Tierney is beside herself. And Dana Andrews is trying to get, to get the mob boss that clearly killed the first guy. He's trying to get him to confess to having done both crimes or get something out of him that he can pin on him. And he... He just cannot do it. All he does is get the crap beat out of him for his trouble. 
and eventually realizes that the only way he can fix things is to admit what he's done. So he writes a letter, and it's, uh, it is written on the envelope is to be opened in the event of my death. And he sends it to the inspector. And then he goes off to meet with the mob boss so he can get himself killed. Mm -hmm. Because his letter says, well, I've done you a favor. I've went and got myself killed. So you can hang the murder on this mob boss. And you may not be able to get him for anything else, but we'll be square. Also, by the way, I killed that dude. So I had this coming. You know, Mm -hmm. BT dubs. That happens. My this, deathbed confession yes. in the event of my death. Yes, that I, I killed that dude. It was an accident. But you can get this guy. It's fine. Everything will be fine. The scales will balance. So he goes to confront the mob boss. And the, the mob boss is like, okay, sure. You try to punch me, they're going to kill you. And then he realizes, oh, that's exactly what you want. We're not going to kill you because that would just be dumb. Except, you know, he leaves him alone in a room with access to the power grid when they try to make their escape because the police are coming. And and they happen to be in a parking garage with one of those car elevators. Yeah. Yeah. And so Danny Andrews just... He just cuts the power and they're stuck in the car elevator and they're like, oh, damn it. And so we get to the end of the film and Dana Andrews is going to get away with it because the inspector said, well, you weren't dead. I didn't open the letter. He hands it back to him, says, I'm sure you were really sore at me when you wrote this. So just tear it up. And Dana Andrews has a moment where he could tear up the letter, walk off into the sunset with Gene Tierney, and everything would be roses for him. He would have the family he wants and all that great stuff. Except the man has an attack of conscience. I'm sorry. He has an attack of haze code. He and does. hands the hands the letter back to his inspector and says, please open it. He's like, you sure, kid? <laughs> <laughs> Reads it, arrests him. And the end of the film is Jean Tierney kissing him senseless after she's found out that he's killed her estranged husband. and But, you know, intended to save her father in the end, doing the right thing. And, uh... Says, it's okay, it was an accident. They'll see that it was an accident and you'll you'll be given every chance in the world. And well, that's all I need, and that's the end of the film. Yeah. <laughs> he gets these like half-assed happy endings in his films. Yeah, like, he really does. He, I was I was like, okay, well, there's not enough time to shoot him. I mean, there is, but <laughs> but so I was wondering how he was gonna get hazed in the end. <laughs> just that's a verb now it's i i, I it's love happening. that it's become a verb this is so great is so <laughs> i will verb anything <laughs> what does Hayes dictate oh the Hayes code uh was the motion picture code during the 1940s and 1950s and a little bit into the 1960s which basically was a morality code so this was pre-ratings but what was it supposed to do? Well, basically, what's meant, the co- what's the rule that it, he it, had to? It it basically means that bad guys can't get away with anything. Hmm. Bad guys always get their comeuppance. Mm, Usually, it means they die. Yeah. Usually, it means the bad guy dies. But because it was an accident, we just get to imply that he's going to go to jail probably for a long time. Yeah, and and various other things. Yes. That that the Hayes Code covered. But I yeah. mean, that the the key thing that we've been noticing watching all these films noir are that there's a certain inevitability to a lot of the endings unless you're watching one that comes from outside the United States. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's always like, yeah. what a twist. He decided that he's going to do the right. You heal. <laughs> Walk away with Gene Tierney. What is wrong with you? Well, I mean... He didn't want I mean, yes, to did, be his father. He did, yes. He did the right thing. I am... But I'm just saying, Gene Tierney, man. Well, I mean, really, 
this even further seals the deal with Gene Tierney in a lot of ways. It's like, I turned myself in even to when save I didn't your dad. To. Yes. <laughs> so even when I didn't have to, I mean, this weighs heavy on my conscience. Sorry about killing your estranged husband, but hey, I saved your dad. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I mean, he's he's still gonna, he's gonna get it. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, maybe in about five to ten. Five to ten. When he gets out of prison. <laughs> hey, she was going to stand by her estranged husband and he was beating her up. So maybe she'll stand by him too. Mm-hmm. We don't know. The sequel was never made. <laughs> <laughs> what would the name of the sequel be? Newly Paved Sidewalk? I like that one. Um... Yeah, fresh pavement. Let's call fresh it pavement. Pavement. Fresh, mm. fresh asphalt. Oh, ah. that's good. That's good. Add that to the list of films we're going to make someday. <laughs> no, the sequel would be a screwball comedy, and it would be called Wet Cement. Oh, oh my. winner! I like that one. Mm. <laughs> have I seen Dana Andrews do comedy? I feel like I have. Anyway. I don't know. There were many times in this movie that the audience was laughing. Yeah, that's maybe it's it was always, an uncomfortable it's, laugh. It's a mixed bag when we go to the heights. I found where you'll get people who don't get it well, that laugh at things that that you and I don't because we're well, yeah. we're just like so absorbed. Mm-hmm. And then people start laughing. And I just want to be like, no, don't you understand? This is super serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, we I we it. have seen so much film noir that you know we like speak the language or this is true. at least know the language of film noir. And people who haven't seen so much, it's like, yeah, this stuff is really arch when you think about it. It is. It, it is really That's is. very true. It it is pretty far removed from what our movie experiences are for yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I, did, I, I don't fault anybody. It's just sometimes you get that, oh, that's not the right moment to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like lovingly looking at your ex husband's killer. Does that turn you on? I don't know. I mean, I mean, we we are a far less naive audience than what was in the theaters back in the 1940s or 1950, as the case is. Yes. So, yeah. I like to imagine that some woman in the 50s stood up and said, hell no, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you kiss him? And walked out of the theater with like 30 (laughs) seconds left in the film. (laughs) Oh, I am so dumb. (laughs) You are so dumb, lady. I just, I like to picture that that happened somewhere in some theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like that idea. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it had to have happened. <laughs> yeah. It, it'd be interesting to me t- to show one of these old films noir to inner city kids or, you know, people with really no background in movies prior to like 1995 mm. because this would be just so far removed and it'd be just very interesting to see what still plays and what doesn't. Yeah. I definitely know some suburban kids that that would work on. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, moving a little bit further into the history of the, the piece. Um, this is one of the movies that was written by Ben Hecht. And Ben Hecht was a screenwriter in Hollywood who wrote or script doctored just about every famous film that came out of the 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s. Uh, he worked a lot with Hitchcock. Uh, he wrote Notorious, he wrote Spellbound, he script-doctored Foreign Correspondent, and several of other the other Hitchcock films. Uh, he was the writer of the original 1932 Scarface, 
which is fantastic. We're going to watch that at some point. Uh, he also wrote a lot of the uh, newsroom comedy dramas of the time, like The Front Page and His Girl Friday, which is great. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? His Girl Friday is so wonderful. Mm. Was The Front Page about that one guy that was going to go to the electric chair and his girlfriend? It was a Billy Wilder movie? Billy Wilder did a remake of it. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. In the 70s, if I remember right. Yeah, he wrote the original Front Page, which was a 1931 film, I think it was. No, it was remade again in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it Like every 20 years, somebody remakes it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a pretty famous story. He hides in a copier instead of a desk in the 90s one. <laughs> Oh, I love you, honey. <laughs> I've seen some things. I know you have. I know you have. They're random and sparse, but yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. You're delightful. Mm. Um, ben Hecht, uh, he started uh, writing for Hollywood in about 1926. So he came up through the silent era and he was working right, pretty much right up until his death in 1964. He also wrote a lot of Broadway. He wrote a lot for the stage. He was the very first person to win an Oscar for Best Original Story for Underworld from 1927. So the very first Academy Awards, he got a writing Oscar. Wow. He was well known for uh, working fast. So Hollywood loved to work on him. (laughs) He was pretty well paid. If you look at his IMDP page, you will see... Hundreds of films listed, most of them listed as uncredited Uh (laughs) because he was doing script doctoring or came in after the main writer and uh, cleaned it up a bit or, you know, just did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Several other things were completely his, but just this whole chain of things. And and that that list looks like a, you know, best movies in the 1930s and 1940s. You know, he worked on Gone with the Wind and all this stuff. So, uh, interesting guy, you know, he, he came up through like the 1900s and 1910s in the, uh, cutthroat journalism sort of, uh, school of writing. You know, he went to Chicago and became a journalist for a while and he was, uh, just one of the journalism sharks. And eventually, I think it was one of the Mankiewicz family called him up and said, Hey, you can make a lot of money in Hollywood. He went, Yep. <laughs> I tailed it out to Hollywood and uh, was there ever since. <laughs> one of the more interesting stories about him, he, when he was writing Scarface in 1932, um, Scarface was based upon the life of Al Capone. Yeah. Like, really? Obviously, yes. based on yes. the life of Al Capone. And so um, one day he got visited. Oh, boy. By uh, some Capone goons. <laughs> and they, they said, hey, we hear you're writing a movie about Al Capone and we don't really like it. We, we saw the scripts. And he talked his way out of it somehow. You know, kind of like a, this is... He's a mob whisperer. I I don't know anything about Al Capone. I'm just writing the script about this guy. Any any resemblance to people's living or dead? It's like, you could just say... Are you saying that he did the things that I that are in the script? Because if if so... It's not really my problem at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, w- I'm wondering if the Al Capone connection came to... I mean, since he was an old Chicago journalist, I'm mm. wondering if that came back to haunt him when he was uh, working on Scarface. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, That's impressive. Yeah. Interesting guy. <laughs> 
Who's Al Capone? <laughs> oh, I I'm writing think, about some I don't other think... mobster character that's <laughs> totally guilty for the stuff he's doing. And, and funny enough, he looks exactly like Paul Muni. Uh... <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, anyway, interesting guy. His uh, quotes page on IMDb is about as long as your arm. It's oh, pretty wow. fun. A couple of his quotes. A movie is never any better than the stupidest man connected with it. Did we not have a discussion like this in the car on the way back? <laughs> we totally did. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, here's another one that's good. Hollywood is to sex what the major leagues are to baseball. The glamorous Hollywood figures perform in a sort of world series of sex math. Can I get that, like, I want that as, like, a word art poster that I can put on my wall. Or perhaps a cross-stitch. Yeah, no, that like would a home be sweet too. home, yeah, only, yeah, yeah. you know, ending in sex, sex math. math. <laughs> I don't know. I think just cutting out letters out of magazines and putting it together would work for that one. Yeah, well, you know, kind of fitting, really. Hey, listeners, you know what to get me for my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Which is coming up in June. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays. Uh, <laughs> that's right. We are recording this on my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> and thank you, Allie. You're welcome. We, we had many cocktails. You had many cocktails. I had I cocktails. Had, you, you, you drove me. <laughs> I did. I, I, I drove Melissa. It was, it was great. I enjoyed your birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then I, we went to the movies like yay. what could be better booze and movies it's great mm-hmm. so bringing it back to where the sidewalk ends uh this was directed by otto preminger who yep. uh we talked about at length during our fallen angel episode mm-hmm. many many episodes back uh you know crazy hungarian man who came to hollywood and uh directed many many fantastic movies like anatomy of a murder and laura and fallen angel and he was also mr freeze on batman Yes. Because mm-hmm. really it all comes back to Batman. Yeah. Oh, the TV series. Yeah, the 1960s yeah, yeah. Adam West. Yep. 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 Best Batman ever. <laughs> <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> and of course, you know, also Dana Andrews, who we also talked about during the during Fallen, Fallen Angel, Angel yep, episode, because yep. they worked together previously on Fallen Angel. Um, Dana Andrews being a man who worked on, like, the best years of her lives. Also, he was in Laura and Curse of the Demon, all sorts of great stuff. So we love him. We do. We will see more of him. Yes. Especially when we watch Laura. And, of course, Gene Tierney, who we know and love. Yes. Very much. Is yep. his real name Tyranny? Her name. Her, her name. Gene Tierney. Oh, the lady. Mm-hmm. Tyranny. Tyranny. T-I-E-R. Not Tyranny? No, no. not Tyranny. Like, that would like be, tyrannical, but that, I mean, that sounded like a character name in a noir film. Suddenly, I want to become a dominatrix named Gene Tyranny. I think there's a market in that. Well, or it could be your roller derby name. Oh, <laughs> even better. I like it. I like that. So, uh, dear listeners, we've talked about Gene Tierney many times, but mostly during the Lever to Heaven episode. So we'll... Oh, so, so good. To, to, to avoid ourselves repeating ourselves on the trivia and history, you know, we'll just refer back to the stuff we've already done. But something that's really fun, uh, somebody who's really fun who came up during this movie is Carl Malden. Yes. The man, the nose, Carl Malden. (laughs) (laughs) As the credits rolled in the opening, the people behind us, hey, Carl Malden. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> streets of San Francisco, man. Uh, yeah, uh, Carl Malden, you know, of course, all over movies in the 1940s, 50s, through the 70s. He was around to like 2009. Yeah. He had a good long life, good long career, uh, was in just about everything. He was this just great character actor, Patton. Birdman of Alcatraz mm-hmm. uh, on the waterfront. He worked a lot with Elliot Kazan. He was born in Chicago. He you know, started out in theater, did tons and tons of theater. He was in the, the stage production of Streetcar Named Desire and eventually was discovered by Elliot Kazan. And after Malden went to war, he came back and then got more famous on Broadway, eventually went to Hollywood. His linkage with uh, Elie Kazan (laughs) really did well by him because by the time 1951 rolled around, one year after this movie, uh, Malden had won the Best Actor Oscar for Streetcar Named Desire for playing Mitch. And ever since then, you know, he's had a very solid career. By the time the late 80s rolled around, he became the president of the Motion Picture Academy for or Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and he was the president for five years. And uh, he actually had one of the longest marriages in Hollywood history. Nah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like four years? He <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, he got near, married in 1938. And he was married until his death in 2009. Wow. Yeah. See, see, there are some Hollywood marriages that would rival that, but usually one of them dies before they make it that long. Yeah. So that's that's impressive. He held yeah. out. Yeah, they both lived a good long time. Yeah. Uh, so his famous nose apparently is due to breaking his nose a lot of times during his youth. He played a lot of sports or something like that. And Makes sense. Got mashed in the face a few times. <laughs> As you do. His nose really is spectacular. It, it really is. It's amazing. Really. It's true. <laughs> uh, somebody else in this film, uh, Bert Freed, who played Paul Klein in the movie. Oh, yeah, the, the partner. Yeah, because you look at that guy, you go, that, that guy! guy! That guy! Yeah, uh, he played uh, Paul, and he was in, like, Paths of Glory and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and Hang Him High. He was, uh, I, he was the main guy in Invaders from Mars, I think. But uh, pretty much for a good 20 years, he just played hundreds and hundreds of cops and detectives. That's pretty much just what he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, got the build for it. He was actually the first guy to play Columbo. Really? The character of Columbo. He actually played it before Peter Falk. Amazing. Did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Like eight years before Peter Falk, he played Columbo once on like a mystery theater show or something like that. Huh. And Yeah. Yeah, that that's one of his claims to fame. I can see that. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good fit. And also, uh, somebody else who shows up in the background, Robert F. Simon, uh, who played Inspector Nicholas Foley. He This was his debut film. This was the first film he ever did. Okay. But he had a very long career as a character actor after that. He was in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh, he was also in a bazillion episodes of Perry Mason <laughs> as various characters. He was in Gunsmoke and he played Frank Stevens on Bewitched and he was Jane Jonah Jameson in the 1978 Amazing Shut Spider-Man up. series. Oh! Jane that's Jonah. awesome! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta bring it home to Spider-Man. So yeah. Oh, he's gotta yeah. bring it back to the superheroes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that that's most of the trivia I've got, but 
I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, it kind of fumbles a bit at the end, but it I does. love a lot, a lot of the nice touches, you know, from the the opening credits with the uh, the credits written in chalk on the sidewalk with yes. people walking be- over and, them, and, and when they walk over them. The chalk smears. Yes. That was nice. Yes. Oh, that, that was lovely. And uh, there, there are so many lovely just directorial touches, you know, the way things are shot. There's, like I said earlier, the whole chain of scenes with our, quote, hero trying to remove the body from the apartment. I love, mm-hmm. love that stuff. And I love the bit about the the car elevator and just so much fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the car elevator. the The camera's in the elevator and the car is pulling yes. up into it. Yeah, and the whole it, the, obviously it's shaking the camera a little bit. And it's like they just pull right on up to it. You just see them in the car. They're just sort of like it's one nice staring long and looking shot. at each other. And mm-hmm. it goes up and and then watching the car back out again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a long it was a, shot. It was a good shot. I liked how the the main guy and one of the baddies and the they're just sort of like doing like that quick little look at each other like was that like, I don't, I don't and, look at and you. the other one's looking at it and he's like are you gonna do something oh, are you gonna do something and he's looking away you're not gonna do something are you, you know that's, <laughs> just like yeah use that time yeah it, it I like Preminger's films because I mean they're very solidly directed and and usually his style is kind of invisible. You don't think about it too much. Yeah, you know it's not like watching a Hitchcock film. You go, oh, that is just you, you can see all the technique mm-hmm. and it kind of leaps out at you. Whereas Preminger is a little bit more invisible, but every once in a while he just has those moments where it's like, oh, that's nice. Was that not Fallen Angel? Because I was I was going to this popped at me. Um, yeah, there's the scene where um, Dana Andrews has been told go take a rest. So he goes to the side room and the squad room where all the cots are set up and we see the window mm-hmm. and it's evening and then it comes back up today. Yeah. Was that not a great shot from Fallen Angel? That was, was Fallen okay, Angel. I was yeah. going to say that was the Preminger. Yeah. Thing. Oh. It, it was a different scene, but yes, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the sunrise and seeing yes. San Francisco reflected in the window. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. But it was it was that same effect mm-hmm. of the passage of time was watching out the window and watching dawn settle in. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was neat. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a Preminger thing. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. it, was, it was nice. Mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to pick up on things like hey! that. Hey! It's like I'm getting a real education. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that was even like an army. That was great. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Fess is just like, oh, this girl. <laughs> Fess no, is, both of you. Fess is tolerating us very well. Yes. Thanks, well, you sweetie. do a good job of that for me. So. <laughs> uh, dear, dear listeners, uh, Ellie and I were heading over to the theater and, and Fess just texted me, where are you guys? And I went, we're, we are here? Like in the car? I it's like, I'm at the theater. It's like, Oh, <laughs> so yes. he totally we were met at the theater. It was awesome. He totally surprised us at the theater. So here he is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just text you out of the blue. I'm here. Where are <laughs> so, you? Are, 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 yeah, I'm here. Are you there? It's like then you text me back. I'm I'm here, but I'm not there. <laughs> we were like, what? What does this mean? Is it a, is it a trick? Is it a riddle? What are we doing? <laughs> That's right. just being fast, I presume. Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about the title of this film. Yeah, because we were discussing after the film what what did that mean? Because it was clearly not the book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I. <laughs> 
I mean, well, they went in a totally different direction. <laughs> Shel Silverstein's Where the Sidewalk Ends was written many years after this. Stop that. Stop that with the logic. It's fine. No, I, ha- I was going somewhere Well, the book was a very this. bad adaptation then. <laughs> but it had a lot more rhyming. Yeah, this mm. is true. Mm. But uh, in towards the beginning of the film, when the when Dana Anders is first confronting the mobster, the mobster says, what, can't we we both share the sidewalk? The sidewalk is not big enough for the both of us. Where the sidewalk ends is where the gutter begins. Oh, because he yes. tells him that he's he belongs in the gutter. And what, there's not enough room for both of us on the sidewalk? Mm-hmm. So, sidewalk ends, the gutter begins, mm-hmm. and it's the whole mm-hmm. metaphor for his his character arc of that film. I yes, know, so. I like it. Thank you. Very oh, nice. Very good. I, well done. Uh, I was like, ooh. I had analysis. <laughs> yes. I had something intelligent to say. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Make a note. <laughs> Best, did you have anything else to mention about the film? No. <laughs> You're so simple. <laughs> You're so easy. <laughs> well, I don't really know how to say things. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, you know, sweet. like the, the things. Um... Use the word critique. The critiques. <laughs> no, I usually can just sort of like just whatever, but it's like all the. Yeah, I think you covered everything. I can't really say anything more. All right. Pass. Cool. Pass. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> the ending still bugs me. I will. I will just say that. Well, I. I, I mean, I, I mean, I like the cha- the the conscience move. I like the yeah. The Dana Andrews going. Oh, I didn't die in this. I don't think I can live with myself unless. Yeah, this it wasn't like it was just like it wasn't a, like a quick thing, and you're sitting there, and there's just like he's really mulling it over. It's like, what's yeah. he gonna do? Is he really gonna take it? Would I take it? I think I would take it. It's like then he's like, it's like so it wasn't just like a given. It was like oh, 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 what's he gonna do? You yeah. know, so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't just like throw out. I thought it was still worked really well. Oh yeah, you can you can tell this like. I could get away scot free. Yes, I I have been his, handed... his struggle seemed authentic yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it was the Gene Tierney. Oh, I love you. You know, the, yeah. It's like, oh, as, as, well, that's weird. <laughs> yes, as yeah. much as I was yeah. sitting there going, yeah. well, of course you're gonna hand it over because this is Hayes Code era, and you have to. Like, <laughs> it's still, even though I knew the inevitability, which is always my my complaint with Hayes Code films. Right, I it's inevitable. There's no twist. I know where it's going. The twist was that it went there. Like, mm-hmm. really, that was that was it. It was. If you didn't know it was Hayes Code, it would have been like, oh, what a shock, you know? <laughs> if you didn't understand that, it was just, whoa, why would you do that? You, Oh, what a noble thing. Instead, you know, I'm just sitting there. It cheapened it for me a little mm. bit. Well, he didn't want to be his father. No, no, no. It was no. It, it, set up. Like I said, it's totally, I, it, it was authentic. It was yeah. really well done. But Hayes Code in itself cheapens every time that happens in a film for me mm-hmm. because I just go, well, of course it had to go there. It, it pulls the punch for me. Which means we need to watch more foreign yes, noir. Yes, please, <laughs> please let me watch more foreign noir Rafifi. so I can get... Yeah, we are totally yes, yes, doing yes, Rafifi. Yes. It's it, going to happen. Rafifi. Don't worry, it will it will happen soon and, and you will be invited. Fess really likes Rafifi. <laughs> I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, does anybody else have anything else to cover? At all? Okay, cool. So, thank you, dear listeners, for joining us for our discussion of Where the Sidewalk Ends. Please join us next time 
for when we do <laughs> Sunset <laughs> Boulevard. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks-ish. I have been Melissa and I've been joined by Allie and by our lovely guest star. Yes. Yay. Thank you, dear listeners. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoy our film fixation. We'll see you next time on Anwar Education. Thank you for joining us for a real education noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. You can find our podcasts and social media feeds on our website at realedunoir.com. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at realedu.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Nobody's framing you. You killed Morrison, and you killed Payne. And I'm going to get a statement out of you.